Hello, and welcome back to Overbooked, a podcast for stories. I am your host, Caroline Hansen. Okay, how many times am I going to tell you guys that I'm going to cover the inheritance games next week, only to then not cover it? Let's um, not count, though. Today, I have decided to cover Ruthless Vows because I just finished it, and I have thoughts. I want to talk about it, and it only felt appropriate to cover this right after it came out. So without further ado, let's get into it. I'm not going to do the most intense recap of the book. I'm going to go over the whole entire plot. Don't worry. But let's also review our characters. So first we have Iris Winnow, who I really, beforehand I cast as Zoe Deutsch, but really I kind of picture like a more brunette, maybe even a redheaded, like still Sadie Sink. You guys know if I can cast her in anything, I'm going to because she's just the ultimate cast for any situation. I'm obsessed with her, but I take back Zoe Deutsch. I take it back. I do. I just feel like this book's vibe is like, it's Narnia. Like I picture people like them, dress like them, but also before they went to Narnia. So anyways, Iris, she's the best. Witty, sharp as attack, super talented. Next, we have Roman Kit, who I cast as Kyle Allen, and I actually do think that I nailed that casting. He is like a super rich, aristocratic, um, like teenage boy, I guess they're like, what, 18? And he does not see eye to eye with his parents. He's just like the best. So also, these little descriptions are like from the first book. Obviously, there is more to them than that. Um, We next have Addie. I'm obsessed with her. Love her character so much. And she's the one who goes on the war front, another reporter with Iris. Next, we have Marisol, who runs the B&B that Addie, Iris, and Roman are all staying at in the first book. And then her wife, Keegan, who, while I didn't really um, cast anyone but Roman and Iris, Keegan, I really do picture as like Tilda Swanson. I don't know why, but she's a bad A army gal, and her and Marisol, super duper in love. Next, we have Forrest, who is Iris's brother. Um, He kind of has like a PETA vibe in my mind. I don't know why, Um, which is funny though, because so does Roman a bit in the sense that like he's always hurt and something's always happening to him and Iris and Katniss are like totally fine. So same vibe there as well. Next we have Aster, who is Forrest and Iris's mother who passes away in the first book. Okay, the two gods we have are Dacre, he's the douchebag god, and then Emba, she's the good god. So they were married before, but remember, the world doesn't really know their story, few do, and Iris learns it. Basically, Dacre made Emba marry him, she didn't like him, she put him to sleep and abandoned him, it hurt his ego, and that is why this war is going on, but that's like not public knowledge. And then last we have Tobias, who's not in the first book, he's in the second book, And he is the driver who like helps Addie and Iris drive around in the second book to get to the towns they need to be in for reporting. So, uh, freaking love Tobias. Okay, so the second book starts two weeks after the first one ends. So Iris is back in the city and Roman is with Dacre underground and his memory has been wiped. So Iris left her typewriter back in, oh gosh, what was the town's name? Can't remember. And she gets Addie and her old coworker Sarah 
to break into the museum to steal the third enchanted typewriter because she knows like Roman has his typewriter. So she wants to be able to communicate with him. So she does exactly that. She starts writing to Roman who right away starts to fall for her again. Like, is that not the most romantic thing you've ever heard? He falls in love with her twice the exact same way. Like, oh my gosh. Addie and Iris are back reporting on the front line and things are moving towards Oath super fast. Tobias drives him everywhere and him and Addie definitely start to fall in love and we love love. At a certain point, Roman starts to fear Dacre. Like he can tell like, oh, I think I should actually be afraid of this guy and feels the need to warn this mystery girl he's writing to, which she has told him her name is Elizabeth because she doesn't want to just like spring all this info on him. And he decides that he should warn her when and where the next attack will be. So Iris is able to go to this town and evacuate it in time. And when Dacre and his troops show up to an empty town, he's like so pissed off. While Iris and Tobias and Addie are fleeing the town, they get a flat and Iris runs back to the town real quick to like look for a tool. And she like feels because like there's enchanted buildings, she like is urged to go upstairs and there she runs into Roman. And as soon as Roman touches her, all of his memories come back and it's like so sweet. She has to say goodbye and she's running back to Addie and Tobias and Dacre and his troops see her and start to like shoot at her. They don't get her. So he releases his hounds on her, but they're able to escape. So Roman during that time was able to let her know that they are making their way towards Oath. So Enva's whole army goes to the edge of the city because Iris relays this info to Keegan. So not too shabby. Dacre lets Roman know that they are going to Oath and taking one of his doors up to the city. And now at this point, Dacre doesn't know it, but Roman has his memories back and knows that Dacre is like the worst. So of course the door to the city is in his childhood home because his family is on Dacre's side and like super aristocratic rich. So sympathizers basically. There is an assassination attempt on Dacre because he holds this like big party speech and during it, someone sets off a bomb, not knowing that Dacre can only be killed by having his head cut off. And Iris flees. She's like kind of beat up. And the city every night is being overtaken by basically this third different party that's just like basically anti-war. So she has to like escape before curfew and makes it into this museum um, basically to like for shelter for the night. While in there, there's like this cute old lady working and she takes care of Iris and Iris falls asleep and in her dream, Emma tells her about a sword that can kill Dacre. When Iris wakes up, she has the sword and we figure out the old woman was Enva. After this, Dacre reads Iris's war update in the paper and sees that she told the true story of Dacre and Enva. Yeah, super duper bold. And obviously he's pissed because now everyone knows that he's just kind of, I don't know, words I want to use but won't because I like to keep it PG here. So he's really not happy. And Dacre lets the city of Oath know that he is going to bomb the south side of the city. And if they want to be safe, they must flee to the north side of the city under his reign. But all of the buildings that are magical won't fall because like his magic can't touch them. Iris knows this and she's able to get it into the paper to warn people like just get to magical buildings. Don't go to the north side. 
During the chaos of everyone fleeing their homes, a officer of Dacre's comes to Iris's apartment and tries to kill her, but she's able to kill him with the sword, and he happens to have a key around his neck to the underworld, so she takes it. Addie gets her violin, and her and Iris go down to the underworld while a city is being attacked. There, Addie plays the song that Enva once played to put the underworld to sleep, and it works. Iris then beheads Daker and takes his decapitated head back to the city of Oath. Iris then has to prove that Roman was on Enva's side before he is shot down by the firing squad, and thank goodness it works. They go to clean up the rubble, and Iris finds the bodies of Forrest and Sarah wrapped around each other because they were in love and died in each other's arms. So horrible. Much later, back at the apartment, Iris finds a letter from Forrest talking about how proud he was of her. And then a few months later, Iris and Roman are living in a quaint home where Iris is tending to the garden and Roman is writing a book, and they pretty much live happily ever after. My rating of this book, five out of five. Easy. Loved it so much. I cannot believe there's not a third. I didn't realize that until like 75% of the way through. And then my heart was kind of shattered because I was like, I only have a little bit left and then this world and story is over. So that did really suck. Um, But this was just one of my favorite series ever. Obsessed with it. Thank you all for listening. I will be covering the Inheritance Games next week. I 100% promise. But thank you all for listening and I'll catch you all next Thursday. Thank you.